Ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a treat. In this episode of Beer Bubbles podcast, we get to meet the amazing Hedda Spenrup at a brewery and brewery restaurant Umoka. We hear about how it's like to grow up in a brewery family and what Umoka really means. So enjoy. This is a treat for me. I'm sitting here at the newest brewery slash beer bar tap room in Stockholm. That is when this air is going to open tomorrow. And I'm talking to the woman behind it, Hedda Spender. Welcome to Beer Bubbles podcast. Thank you so much. It's fun to be here. Who are you? Oh, who am I? I am a brewer. Uh, I started this project about five years ago uh, when I just came home from Berlin where I studied at the FAULB. And uh, I'm the youngest of the fourth generation of Spendrups. Because Spendrups, for those who aren't Swedish, it's it's a family-run, owned brewery that's been going on for 120 years. Yeah, exactly. And you are, you actually, first time we met, I think, was when you were doing your practice at uh, Nya Kanegi, where I worked then. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Because before I went to Berlin, I had to do some... Uh, practice at a few breweries. So I went first to Carnegie and then to uh, Södermalfabriken. And I was for a year or one and a half at, at the product development brewery in Spenderps, the pilot plant. So that's right. And now finally you got your own. Yeah, it's so <laughs> exciting. I can't really believe it. I mean, we've been doing some testing days this week and uh, just to see the, the space filled with people is, is so much fun and I'm so filled with love and I was actually here last Tuesday, and I must say, I'm deeply impressed. This is awesome. <laughs> it's so cool. But I need you to tell me a bit about... I, I want to know a bit about the family background, because not everyone knows about Spenrups. What is Spenrup as a family? We're Danish from the beginning, and we were distillers, so we're making um, Brandvin. And um, my, what was it, great-great-great-grandfather was... Um, was supposed to be in a duel, in like a fighting duel. <laughs> so he fled to Sweden because he didn't <laughs> dare to go through with it. Uh, such a coward. But uh, he f- flew here. Fled? What do you say? Uh, fled here and um, actually started working in a brewery. And then um, his son or grandson, uh, I'm mixing up the stories now. It's been a long week. Uh, but he bought uh, the brewery in Gringisberg. Uh, where they started and it was tiny. They had two beers, one with label and one without label <laughs> that they sold in the, in the village. Like local um, community yeah. only. Yeah. That's where you were allowed to sell it. So you weren't allowed to go away from that little community. But then, uh, my grandfather took over and, uh, when he died, the company was about to go bankrupt and it was, uh, really hard. And the big breweries just bought up the small ones and, um, my father and my uncle were fighting against the, the big ones. Uh, and, uh, one day out of the blue sky, uh, a man came and helped them and got, uh, Lovenbroy, uh, to Sweden into Spendrups, uh, which basically saved our entire company. And now they work their way up. And now we're one of the biggest brewers in Sweden. Well, it's it, every second year it's Carlsberg's Falcon and every second year is you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, basically. But, for you to end up being a brewer, yeah. did you have a choice? 
Yeah, I did. Uh, definitely. Because my, uh, my, my two eldest siblings weren't working in the company at all. And my sister lived in Kenya for 20 years and we were doing animal things <laughs> with wild animals and a veterinary clinic. Uh, and my father has always told us that he wants us to work in the company because he would be very proud of that. But he also wants us to follow our dreams. And from the beginning, I was actually into going or studying to marine biologists. Uh, but then um, I started working in the pilot plant after school to save money to go out traveling. And I just got stuck. I love the company and the business and the beer and the beer making itself. It's so and much the fun. people. Yeah, and the people for sure. I must say that during all my travels when I've been around doing the podcast, what strikes me is all these crazy people in all the right ways. Mm. They're crazy, mm. but not in They're a bad nuts. way. They're, they're just <laughs> totally nuts in a fun way. Yeah, for sure. It's so much fun and it's so inspiring as well because you meet so many passionate people and they tell their story and have so many ideas and you get ideas from them in so many ways. And, and it's kind of an open community as well. The brewers are all friends. Yeah, for sure. And I love that. I mean, even if I came from a big brewery before, I was always welcome at all the festivals and all the smaller breweries and stuff. And I think that's so noble and nice. I think it's so cool that you actually worked, did your practice at Nia Carnegie, who's owned by Carlsberg. Yeah. <laughs> and you come from the, the family that is the biggest competition. It was in Carlsberg in quite Sweden. a controversy. <laughs> I mean, they were like, hide the recipes. And <laughs> no, they didn't. <laughs> no, they were nice. Uh, so when this airs, tomorrow is your opening day. It is. And it's Umoka going live. Yeah. After six years, that must be kind of a thrill. Yeah. Even though you've had a hard week of, so so to speak, soft openings now mm. behind you, uh, it's going um, live. I mean, it's amazing. I We were about to open in April and then uh, Corona happened. So two weeks before opening, we had to shut it down. And that was such an... Anticlimax. And uh, I mean, the motivation just went rock bottom. Uh, But then after a while, when we started like doing more and more food and beer pairings and started developing more and more and uh, some new staff came in, the motivation went up again. And now I'm so happy that we got that time to fine tune everything. And we got the time to actually get to know each other and get to know the space and do everything the way we wanted to be. And now I'm just so proud of what we created and excited to see what's going to happen. So to you guys, Corona might have been a blessing in disguise. You actually got time to do it real. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think because uh, we we had the opportunity and we we knew we were going to make it anyway. We We could cut down our costs and we could open the way we wanted to. But Umoka, the name, I, I tried to think of a way to translate it into English and it's really really hard but the closest I got was not really fitting in yeah or mismatched mismatched maybe, yeah, yeah. maybe that's not the right way to say it but it's it's in Sweden it's a positive odd one out yeah but it's a positive word in Swedish yeah. kind of you're a bit it's you're like a, a bit weird but in a good way yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> no I love the word I think it's so beautiful in a way oh Mark I it brings in so many thoughts from different kind of people. And a lot of people think it's Japanese. <laughs> and then I'm like, no, it's Swedish. And they're like, oh, of course it is. <laughs> but uh, from the beginning, the project was kind of mismatched and umaka. And it's been, we're sitting in a building that's very brutalistic in the most fancy neighborhood of, of Stockholm. And it's like the 
the ugliness from this building meets the posh fancy city and I love that brutality and the contrast between it and um, the way we think about beer is also a bit market from from the rest of the yeah because you have this saying taste before style yeah exactly explain that because because lots of people go into my bar and go I want an IPA I want a yeah hazy IPA I want a a lager, but but you don't. It doesn't say on your menu what it is. No, I mean they're gonna come in here and say the same, and I want them to if they if they feel comfortable with that, because we're gonna guide them towards the right beer anyway. But for me, I want to find new beer drinkers and lovers that haven't found it yet. I mean, because I feel like there's a lot of food and wine people that think they don't like beer because they're so they haven't gotten into it they don't know enough and they 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 feel almost excluded because the beer industry is quite sometimes it can be quite excluding when it's uh it's an imperial dry hopped uh, saison with uh, bread and they're like i don't know what the fuck you're talking about <laughs> but instead for me i want to guide them with the words of of flavor and taste and that's a universal language and everybody knows uh, if they like uh, bitterness or sour or fruity or um, dry and uh, coffee tasting or something like that. I mean, most people have a flavor and taste. Uh, so I think that's going to be a, an easier way to guide them towards the flavor they love. And for me, uh, style is not... It, it's more something that, that blocks my inspiration when I think about a new beer. And I think it's... Uh, much more free to just think about the flavor because when when people come and they're like oh but an ipa needs to be this and this and for me it, that doesn't matter as long as it's a good tasting and balanced beer yeah and also uh an ipa can be so much more than just one style yeah because there's different a difference between east coast ipa west yeah. coast ipa i just drank a russian ipa that said west coast on it and it <laughs> didn't didn't taste like a west coast american style ipa at all and the brewer said, but you got to realize we're in St. Petersburg. That's as far west you can come in the Russia. <laughs> so, so you got to redefine what you the think, really. Yeah. 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 And I, I, to me, it was kind of a relief when I looked at your beer menu and went like, oh, so this is what she means with taste over style. And I can read exactly, ah, grapefruit, spruce. And yeah. like, oh, the, then I know exactly what I'm I'm looking for. Yeah. And I actually, we actually did. We put all beers you had on the table and we tried it with almost all the food you had as well. That's the best we way of doing everything it. With yeah. everything. The best combination because then you find like this doesn't work at all and this is amazing and that's what we've done during our tastings as well because I've, I've, I reckon that it, there's a lot of times that when we think there's a beer that's going to match perfectly with a with a dish and then it doesn't work like at a all. Like coffee beer with a, with a chocolate dessert. Didn't yeah. work at all. No, 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 not at all. Exactly. It's way too dry yeah. and, and it goes flat and like watery. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to the restaurant, uh, you're more involved in the brewery, of course. Uh, you brought one of my old friends, Henrik, here as restaurant yeah. manager. It's like, <laughs> It was He's also amazing. like coming home a bit when, when I was here last Tuesday. But um, it's the first restaurant that Spandrup's have started in 120 years. It is. So it must be kind of... Do you feel the pressure from the family or from big company as well? Or or, do, or are you feeling like, well, we can do whatever because we've never done this before? No, I don't feel the pressure. I'm, I feel more the engagement and they, they're so proud of what we're doing and they feel like this is their home as well, which is what I wanted to create. And then 
I know I'm doing some controversial things, uh, and I mean, our water fountain in the toilet is a big <laughs> lump of tits. And <laughs> it's boobs, it's a, and when you turn the, turn the water, it just comes from different... <laughs> yeah, from different <laughs> angles. And that, I mean, those kind of things is what I feel represent the new generation and what I want to do and be playful and... Uh, fun, but I still think they love it. I mean, my cousin is sitting behind you in a meeting in our beer garden, and uh, I mean, that's for me just a proof that they like what we're doing. And right now, lots of your family is actually involved in the business as well. Yeah, I've known you one for ages, hmm. who, who was kind of the founder of, of the Gotland Project. I remember when he walked into all of the twists where I worked then, he was the happiest man alive, and he just shouted, Now I can do what I want. And then he came back a couple of years later and said when he was called back to the main company because there was a vacancy somewhere in, in marketing and, and he came in and was the saddest person in the world going <laughs> like, I have to leave it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he went back from Gotland to Spenders for, yeah, oh, yeah, for, for a while. Right. He, did, yeah, he did marketing right, yeah. for a while. Mm, that's right. He, well, he wasn't a happy camper then. <laughs> no, but he needs to be independent in the way he creates as well. Well, the he's same a musician as well. Mm, exactly. He's very, he's fun. He's an odd fellow. <laughs> he's Umaka. <laughs> he's very Umaka. I love that bastard. <laughs> uh, and also all the food where you serve here is like mid-sized plates. Exactly. But then we're going to have, uh, we didn't have it now, but we're going to have a bigger like family dishes, uh, like a big um, pig var. What is that? In, uh, uh, halibut. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Family-sized and like a bigger vegetarian dish and a few things like that. So you can take in middle-sized or smaller dishes to share to begin with and then you take in a family dish and share that. But it also helps with trying different beers. It's like when you have smaller-sized food, so you can have a few and try with... I, I love trying new flavors, trying new combinations. And to me, that was just so much fun. Mm. To sit here and try. So we were sitting there going like, oh, try this, try that, try this. It was really cool. The beer scene needs that right now. Uh, and we need, as you said, more people who don't drink beer mm. to try beer. Yeah. And for me, it's also to respect the beer because a lot of restaurants now have a beer package or a wine package with a with a tasting menus and stuff. But they... Uh, they don't take beer that seriously. And when somebody asks for a beer, they're like, oh, here's a Pilsner, it's nice. But they never think that it fits with that, that dish or with that food. And I want to change that. I want restaurants to take beer more seriously and be able to actually match the perfect beer with their food as well. And I think that, yeah, I hope that we're going to be a leading star in that. Swedish beer? Uh, has grown leaps and bounds the last 20 years, 25 years. What do you think of Swedish beer now and where do you think it's going to be in 10 years? And what do you think of the breweries now and are we going to develop more? I don't think we're going to develop more breweries, but the breweries that are now have developed so much the last few years and I'm so impressed with the Swedish beer market right now. And when I started in the industry when I was 18... I thought that there were a lot of breweries that had quite um unbalanced quality, but now I feel like everybody's educated each other and themselves so much so that the overall median level is quite high. And I I love that. I'm so proud of Sweden for developing that kind of industry. But in the future, I feel like we're going to be 
more coming back to balanced beer instead of crazy beers. And I mean, we're still going to develop new flavors and be fun and exciting, but it's going to be on a more mature level is what I think. I remember I sat down in a meeting about well, six, seven years, speaking to quite a lot of Swedish brewers, and we talked about the Swedish flavor of beer. And there wasn't any. So no. right there and then they decided they wanted to do something called a Nordic Sour, which never really took off. But what do you think of Nordic flavors, more locally produced, locally harvested? Is that something that's going to grow as well? I hope so. I think that's very fun. I mean, they were doing it in at, uh, what's that Copenhagen brewery that had to shut down next to Empirical Spirit? Uh, anyway, it's a brewery in Copenhagen. They're amazing. And I went there and uh, I can't believe I forgot their name. Anyway, uh, and they were doing um, a buckthorn sour with uh, some herb. There was a Nordic herb. I can't remember what it was. And that just reminded me of Sweden and the Nordic countries in general. And I hope that's going to be the new thing to embrace our culture in beer. And because we have so many exciting things that don't exist in other parts of the world that I feel like we should cherish and do more beers from. The future for Umoka then? We, we haven't, well, it hasn't opened yet, but uh, where do you see this place in about 10 years? Oh, the restaurant? Well, the brewery and the, the brewery. I hope the brewery will uh, go way beyond Ugelvegsgatan that we're sitting on right now. And um, I hope it's going to become the the brand I want it to be. I hope people will understand what we're trying to do with Taste Before Style, which is not obvious. I mean, it, it is quite different. And for a lot of people, they get annoyed by going away from style. But I hope we will get the consumers that we want and... Uh, make non-beer lovers love beer <laughs> <laughs> and for the restaurant i just hope that it's going to become the living room i want it to be and a fun place where things happen and you never know what's going to happen in night here and uh, just a nice place to hang out and with your friends and drink and eat good food uh, and the future for you are you here in 10 years I think or are you so. doing something else? Have you got a new project? No, I don't. I mean, I am very restless. <laughs> so well, it took you six years to, to make this come true. Oh, I was at five years. But oh, I was um, I was on the edge of uh, breaking down many times because it was so slow process. Because we had to... I mean, this was a garage before, so there was, was a big... actually named the ugliest building in Stockholm for a while. Yeah, for many years. It was uh, the... Yeah, Sweden's And now it's building. like the brutish... Like fashion and uh, media <laughs> and cool companies sitting here. No, but I think I'm going to be here if I if I don't find something else I want to do that's connected to Umaka. I want to develop it in a way. I don't know how yet, though. I've got a few more questions for you. Actually, we're almost through this interview. So you can have another coffee and properly wake up and go to work. I'm going to, uh, if I may, afterwards come in and take some photographs in the, in the brewery. I would yeah, love that of too. course. Inspiring beers. I've tried to talk about that with different people because lots of brewers have a beer they try to like define when they realize this is what I'm going to do. But you come from a brewing family, so you've grown up around beer. Do you have that kind of defining beer or like inspirational beer that, that you always come back to and, and think, okay, this is what makes me want to do beer? It's boring, but not really. I I always known that I love beer. And uh, as you said, that's what I'm grown into and what I love. But I have a few beers that has been defining 
few styles for me. So Rodenbach, for example, was uh, the moment I started loving Belgium spontaneous fermented beers. And uh, I was uh, in the States and with a colleague and I hadn't tried Pliny the Elder. And he was like, what are you, what are you talking about? <laughs> so we went into a bar and ordered two and uh, I drank it and it was the most fresh, amazing IPA I've ever tasted. And I turned the bottle and it was bottled the same day we were sitting in the bar. So it was fresh from the brewery. I mean, it was it was a, an amazing experience. But for me, uh, I mean, one of the biggest inspirations for Umaka was when I went to Bad in Copenhagen. And um, a friend of mine had um, booked the place and I didn't know what it was. So we went in and... And the waiter was like, oh, here's the tasting menu for tonight. And here's the beer package going with it. And I was like, what? I never experienced that somebody took beer in that way because it wasn't a beer-like venue. It didn't feel like a beer place, which I loved because it was more like a normal fancy restaurant that just had a very high focus on beer. And then they had like the 10-page beer menu and uh, a la carte. And he was like, oh, if you want pairings, our beer sommelier is over there. So you can just... Uh, it was that, very that's cool. That's awesome. So that was a big moment for for the focus on the Umakia. Any people in the business that have really inspired you, made you uh, into what you are? Oh, so many. This is the time to give a shout out to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it is. I mean... Oh, uh, thank my mother and my father. <laughs> <laughs> no, my father for sure. But there's been so many people. I mean, one pe- person that's been teaching me the most is my old boss, Rickard Bainson. He's the head brewer of Spandrups. Uh, but in the craft industry, there are so many people that's been inspiring me. And I have a lot of friends from the beer industry and they inspire me every day and teach me a lot. And that's what I love, that they can give me something professionally as well as being my friends. Last question. The Desert Island beer. We're talking about you're allowed to drink one more beer, or like as many as you want, mm. but one more beer for the rest of your life. Which one would it be? Why are you doing this? I know. It's a hateful question, but <laughs> I put is. it to everyone. Oh, I actually think it would be, I can't decide on which one, but a really nice, dry German pills. Crisp and bitter and dry Hedda, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you very much for having us. Thank you. And uh, as I said, I'm blown away. This is really, really cool. And good luck in the future. Thank you so much. I'm so happy you came. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. That's it for this time. Umoke actually opens tomorrow on the 2nd of September. Do go there. It's absolutely fantastic and enlightening. Thanks, Hedda, for having us over. And to all of you out there, drink better beer. Cheers. (laughs) 